<laughs> okay, now we can start. Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep, where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Did Matt Peck yeah. get a signed copy of that book? No, Matt Peck, he didn't know. No. I'll talk to D. Rose. Yeah, you got it. Matt, you will be getting your book soon. <laughs> Left side three. Remy. Remy. Got it. Clean. Turn around, jumper. Up. Get it. Onions. Baby onions. Kobe White. Put him in the Hall of Fame. Locked on Bulls starts now. You can just see the vibe. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Jordan Malley, along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us, 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your order. That's BuiltBar.com. Com. Matt, welcome back from the weekend. Hope you had a good weekend, man. There's been a lot of uh, newsy rumors and things going around the NBA this weekend that we have to get into. But first and foremost, man, how are you and how you doing? What's up, Jordan? What's up, Bulls Nation? Doing well. Happy Monday. Hope everybody had a great weekend. I know I had a great weekend. Certainly had a great Sunday. Uh, shout out to our beloved Bears being 5-1, and one, beating Carolina yesterday. Another Dynamite performance from the Bears defense. And to top it off, the cherry on top of the Sunday, I got to watch Aaron Rodgers and the Packers get shat on by Brady and the Bucks. So between the Bears being five and one, the Packers losing, the Packers losing to a team that the Bears beat, man, I'm feeling I'm just feeling all kinds of awesome today. <laughs> I had a little bit of a gut punch, uh, betting-wise, going into Sunday. Uh, Matt, I had a parlay that was 184-1 to 1 odds. Adam Shaheen was the solo touchdown. I got that early in the first half. Everything else Man. hit in the first half. All but one leg of the parlay hit in the first half, and I'm like, I'm going to bank in on this. This is, this is going to be a nice little 2K payout. Ryan Fitzpatrick. I needed 16 rushing yards from Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he didn't rush a single yard in the second half, and they put Tua in in the fourth quarter. So that's oh, that's uh, how my Sunday afternoon went. Um, but yeah, shout out to a Ryan Pace brutal, guy. Man. Usually you can rely on Fitzy for at least 16 rushing yards. He's been, he had hit the overmark on that all but one game so far this year. So that's how my Sunday went, but it was nice to see the Bears get a win and Man. just to sit back and relax and watch some football. And we got two games today, too. Uh, shout out to Lauren Cox as well. Go If you're a Bears fan, go check out uh, Locked On Bears and listen to him. He's had some fantastic content over the last several months, Matt. I keep going back. If you haven't seen his Allen Robinson video, it's fucking hilarious go watch his sign Allen robinson uh video on twitter it went viral like about a month ago it's it's fantastic um but yeah great sunday and we got a lot of bulls and we've got a lot of nba things to talk about today um uh, at we we uh we got a report from tom haberstroh of nbc sports saying that uh, a little nugget on the Bulls Talk podcast saying that he believes that the Bulls are going to be interested in pursuing either the number one or the number two pick in the draft. We touched on this late last week a little bit, but uh, anything that stirred in your brain over the weekend about this and 
possibilities of what the Bulls would be trading for, what the strategy is here moving up in a draft that screams, hey, let's move down. There's more value there. I mean, yeah, it was certainly interesting to hear that that Tom thought that there is a good chance the Bulls are going to look to be active on draft night by trading up. Because for the last several months now, after we found out on you know lottery night that we moved up from seven to four, I mean, all logic to me points to the move to the Bulls moving down to try to collect another asset or two in a draft class that's fairly underwhelming. And look, it could be that everybody is wrong about this and that this draft class actually produces more at least mid-tier, if not top-tier NBA talent kind of pieces than any of us are expecting right now. But the reality is that pretty much everybody is expecting that this is going to be an underwhelming draft class compared to the last three years that have all had amazing talent in them. So trading down out of four, especially if you even still consider this a quote-unquote three-player draft with LaMelo, Edwards, and and Wiseman, at four, the trading down is a logical option. I mean, what do you think about this? Because to me, I just don't know if I like any of these players enough to trade up a, co- a couple of spots especially if it means giving up an asset. I keep putting in the back of my mind the report I read about this summer of the Golden State Warriors only be int- being interested in a few players and one of them being Anthony Edwards. I know there's a, there's been a lot of talk about him having this insane upside, but also being a guy that's very good at a lot of things but not great at one thing. That's tough to translate to the NBA, especially if what Tom was saying is that he's looking for the Bulls are looking for a player that can make an impact right away. And if you're going to wait two or three years for Anthony Edwards, it doesn't seem like that lines up very well. LaMelo, I think, having the experience of being a professional already, although he's got a lot to work on as well, I think the upside in being able to contribute right away, I think there's more of a shot with LaMelo than there is Anthony Edwards. But then I was going even asking you, too. I was like, I'm looking at the Timberwolves roster and also their salary cap space for next season and I don't see a whole lot that fits that you could make a deal that you don't have to trade away Zach Levine and to be honest with you it would be a deal that would include Lowry Markinen I think and maybe Otto Porter too like those are the two only only two players I can really make sense in a deal that would make sense for the Timberwolves short term and also for the Bulls short term and if it's an expensive, like we were talking about going from four to two with Golden State trading either Carter or Markinen plus your number four to move up to number two, maybe you make some type of similar deal at number one, and maybe there's a little bit more to that deal than what we were talking about at number two, but like that's the only way it fits because there's nobody else on the Timberwolves roster that makes sense. It could line up salary-wise. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I think that's a good point because you have to talk about, you know, the the feasibility of of the Bulls making a move like that, and what the what the teams that would be trading down to the Bulls spot at four would want, and what the Bulls have to offer, and if AK and Eversley see whatever the Bulls would be offering in a scenario like that as less valuable than moving up a couple of spots. That's what I keep coming back to. If you have to give up one of your core four. You know, Lowry, Levine, Wendell, or Kobe to move up a couple of spots. To me, that's a non starter at this point because I believe in all four of those players still enough so 
that under a new coach and a new system and Billy Donovan's tutelage, I would like to see them see what they have with that group. Um, and, and again, if it were a different scenario where you're trading up to get a Luka Doncic or even a Trey Young, um, you know, or, or a, a Jason Tatum kind of player, then yeah. But none of the none of the players in this draft scream that level of value value to me that it would warrant worrying about. Okay, what do we do? What's our offer? How do we match things up? What does this team that has pick one, two, or three want from us? And stress about all that because I don't think any of it's worth it. If you got to give up a piece that AK and Eversley can maybe round into much better form than what we've seen from them through the first few years of their NBA careers. My thought process on it is, is James Johnson being picking up his player option would be part of this deal. Like you're off of his money still in the summer of 2021, where it's the big splash free agents. And I think there's much conversation to be had about whether or not the Bulls are going to be players. And if that's what this front office believes they can do is be players and actually sign one of these top tier free agents that's going to become available or if they're going to try to work around that still and still building a reputation that this is a place guys are going to want to sign with I think they're going to be battling and having many of those discussions over the next several months but like James Johnson and what else would you return that would make sense for Minnesota who's looking for a third piece to add next to Russell and Towns I don't think they're giving up Culver. I don't think they're ready to do that. Josh Okogie would be a nice piece that I would I would like for the Bulls. It's same thing with Jacob Evans. Even buying low on guys like Nas Reed and Jalen Noel, we, we've known the Bulls to scout those guys in the past couple of drafts, but salary-wise and structure-wise of what the Timberwolves are going to want to do doesn't really make a whole lot of sense uh, for what they're going to be looking for. I mean, you could trade, I guess, a protected future first round pick and not having to give up a guy like Levine and maybe you're willing to just give up Markinen or a guy like Carter. Maybe you're closer to a deal trading one in four, but I don't know. Again, it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for the Bulls. Yeah. And even though we talk about the you know, potential of AK trying to really, you know, throw some nitro into this rebuild and change things up. I still think of him as somebody who very much values his first round draft picks because look at all of the amazing pieces that they built in Denver um, through the draft. So I don't know if, you know, if maybe AK is more willing to part with one of these pieces of the core than he is to part with a future first round draft pick. Uh, Jordan, we have a lot to talk about with a Zach Levine hypothetical trade that you put out on our Twitter account that got a lot of responses over the weekend. Before we do that, though, wanted to tell our Lockdown Bulls listeners about Roman. It can be awkward or embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves. But Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with no shame. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and completely discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked on and complete their online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked on to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash locked on for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash locked on. 
So we can take a look. So we talked about this on Friday's episode, Matt, and I thought it created a pretty good discussion between you and I about what the value of Zach Levine would be. And so I wanted to get the feel of Twitter and Twitter's always a weird place if you are going to look for some feedback or interaction or thought, especially when it comes to the NBA. You know you're going to get people who are going to hate the deal that you're proposing and people who are going to love it. Uh, I guess I was shocked about how 50-50 people were on this deal. And the deal, the, the deal, again, was a three-way trade among the Bulls, Warriors, and Nets. The Nets receiving Zach Levine, the Bulls getting Karius Levert, the 2022nd overall pick from the Warriors, and then the Nets' number 19 pick coming from Philadelphia. The Warriors would receive Jarrett Allen and the Bulls' number four pick. Uh, seems like a pretty fair deal across the board, and that I feel like is some the type of value you would get from Levine. The reaction that we were getting mostly was either, I absolutely hate this deal. Why are you trading your best player? Why are we doing the same thing we were doing three years ago with Jimmy Butler to a little bit of a lesser extent? And also we got the reaction from other people that said, yes, it's time to move on from Zach. We still don't know what he is after six or seven years in this league. He'll be on a six different head coach. Send him to a team that he can be the third piece on and get as much value as you can back and and wait for the summer of 2021 to really try and cash in. Uh, there was a balance of almost 50-50 of people agreeing and disagreeing with us. Any more thoughts on this trade and this deal overall, thinking about it over the weekend? Yeah, I mean, the thing that I kept coming back to uh, when I was sifting through all of the replies that that tweet got is that a good compromise or in this scenario, you know, instead of the word compromise, just use the word trade. A good compromise leaves all parties a little unhappy, right? (laughs) Because like rarely do... Uh, do, do these trades happen where at the time one team thinks, man, we just completely stole whatever it was that we stole in that trade. At the time, both teams have to feel good enough about what they're getting and make peace with what they're giving up to think that it's a fair compromised trade, which usually means that you're not entirely satisfied with it. And there's a part of you who thinks, man, may, maybe I gave up a little too much in this compromise. And there were certainly some of those people uh, on Bulls Twitter reacting to that trade saying, like, are you crazy? Like, Levine is too valuable for that to be all you're getting back. I think those people sell Levine, uh, or, or I'm sorry, sell Karis Levert a little short and maybe did not pay attention to the uh, like trajectory of his NBA career right now and what that looks like. And also don't like to know, don't like to think about the fact that you're not going to win a slam dunk with any of these trades. And that's just not like a joke about Gar and Paxson being bad at executing trades in the regime of the past. We're still in the regime of the present. And yeah, there's still going to be compromises. And they're not going to get some amazing trade. They're not going to, you know, hoodwink some team. Um, That trade to me, and I think you and I are on the same page, is like uh, we both would hate to say goodbye to Zach, but compared to so many trade hypotheticals that we see thrown out there, including in our text line, Rob Schaefer did a great piece for NBC Sports Chicago last Friday about some hypotheticals that Bulls fans threw his direction and broke them all down. That one seems fair for all parties involved, which means most people don't like it. Let me just throw this out there real quick. Karius Levert in four playoff games in the bubble, he averaged 20.3 points, 9.5 assists, 6 rebounds, 1.3 steals. He shot 42.9% from three on 5.3 attempts. 
overall from the field wasn't too great, 37% from the field, but still, I mean, contributing in all three places and can play some defense. I I will say this about him, and people are going to bring this up, and I totally agree, and which is why I'm conflicted when we talk about this deal, is I said I don't want to be the Chicago ACLs, right? And Karius LeVert had that terrible injury that happened to him. He seems like he's bounced back fine, but... Zach has been a success story with that, and and I truly believe that. And he, I think he still has another level to him. This deal would be selling short on Levine, thinking he's going to be the same player, but also giving him the opportunity to go win right now. He's talked about that a lot. And I think there is a scenario where the Bulls front office and Zach Levine can have a conversation where it turns out to be, hey, you know what? I want to go win somewhere right now. And, but at the same time, I want you guys to be set up for success too. So there's a deal in place where he could be sent to a, a win-now team and the Bulls retain arguably the highest value Zach Levine could ever return for you. That's that's a, a real conversation that I think can happen. Is this value fair for Zach Levine? Is it everything that I think we would want for him? Probably not. I think it is selling a little short. But also too, you, you have to make concessions when you're dealing players if you actually want to get a deal done. Uh, but again, again, if this goes back to this is just a hypothetical, this is just talking about all options, putting all the options on the table and letting you and us discuss over the next several months about what where Zach Levine's value is and among all the other Bulls players, where their value is at. So we're not surprised when rumors start to happen or if the front office makes an unexpected deal. We still don't know what the front office's evaluation on this roster is. So talking about all options, I think is interesting and it, it brings up a lot to think about where this team's going in the future. Yeah, I you know, I think uh, that's all we're doing here is just tossing around fun ideas for trades and and talking about the feasibility and likelihood of, of any of them happening. And I think Bulls fans, again, tend to overvalue what we have when trying to concoct these trades because they want to feel like, well, this is what we're giving up, and that's what we're giving up is not nothing, and that's enough for that team to do this trade. But they're clearly thinking it from the perspective of a Bulls fan who wants the Bulls to win a trade, not have a compromise trade where everybody comes out feeling like a winner. So, and again, I don't, I'm not advocating for the Bulls to make that Levine Levert trade, that three way trade that involves the Golden State Warriors. Uh, and I don't think you are either. We were just talking about that as one that, like, it seems like it would actually potentially benefit all teams involved. Therefore, a trade that is feasible. Unlike some of these hypotheticals, and, you know, just a couple of, of examples from that piece from Rob Schaefer, which if you haven't found it yet, uh, go go through it because he grades every trade as far as the who says no, who says yes, uh, the feasibility, the pieces involved, that it's really well done. But a couple of them, we got Bulls fans proposing a trade. It's like, okay, we give Philly Kobe, Thad, Hutch, and, and number four for, for Ben Simmons. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but as much promise as Kobe White has, and as nice as it is to have a number four pick, like the Sixers hang up laughing. There's there is a similar one that involves James Harden, and I know you and I have talked about Harden a few times recently, Jordan. Where the Bulls are like, okay, well, we'll give you Thad and Hutch and our four pick and a future second, and like think that that's enough for James Hart. People are crazy with some of these hypotheticals thinking that they can get these star caliber players just by throwing in one of or two of these young Bulls core pieces, a future pick, and one of these veterans that the Bulls fan base is talking about, like, well, throw them in a trade just because we can and to match salary. It doesn't work that way. 
We, we studied the options, and we've studied the NBA, and we've studied the history of the NBA. I want to react to some of those trades in a minute, Matt, but I want to tell our listeners first about our amazing sponsor in Built Bar. Built Bar has been sponsoring the Locked On Podcast Network and Locked On Bulls for the past several months. They've been a fantastic sponsor of us. I've been telling you guys about their 12 original flavors, including German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, and a handful of others. They've got six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon, almond, cheesecake, and three other awesome flavors. Built Bar is great for the healthy, conscious guy or girl in your life. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. Great for the keto diet. My favorite is the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's Use promo code locked on for twenty percent off at builtbar.com. Yeah, I had to uh I had to laugh a little bit, but also too at the same time, it's very, very difficult to figure out what the value of some guys are around the league when and like even I find myself too, I'm like, okay, I know who that player is, but I don't watch them day in and day out, and I don't know exactly what the value or what the team thinks about that player. Like even trying to come up with some of these hypotheticals, Matt, it's difficult because like even tweeting that out, you're getting Nets fans and you're getting Bulls fans. You're getting uh, Warriors. Well, I don't think Warriors fans really commented because I think they're the ones who make out the best in this deal, getting the center of the future at a controllable cost and only moving down two spots. Uh, They're probably getting the best of the three of this deal. Um, but yeah, it's it's difficult, and we're going to talk through a ton of different trades, a ton of different scenarios, uh, uh, pretty much about everybody on this roster, but I do laugh because it is every year, Matt, and it's not just with Bulls fans, it's with fans all across the NBA, is they love to overvalue their players and undervalue players on opposing rosters, too, and a lot of people, I think, tend to forget about the salary cap and having to move and shuffle money and what that means for certain organizations, too, so you got to factor all of that in as well you absolutely do um and it gets complicated all the more when you go from a two-team trade to a three-team trade because then you're talking about three teams all being happy uh with the pieces that they're giving uh and the pieces that they're that they're getting which is i think why as much as some people thought that that levine levert example which by the way is fun to say levine levert um was like awful. Like, oh my God, why would the Bulls make this trade? It's a it's a trade where all three teams would feel like they're benefiting from that in some way and putting themselves in better position to move forward. And again, I am not saying the Bulls should absolutely pull the trigger on a trade like that. That's not even a trade that we've rumored to be something that's being discussed. It's just because of Zach's value right now, he's the most likely piece to be talked about in trades. That's why. And it's something that, you know, you and I were talking about when we had that, that texter last week, who was mad at us for talking about all these Zach Levine trades as if we don't want him. That's not the case at all. He's just the most interesting piece to talk about right now, because if the front office decides to shake things up, he, he nets you the most. Yeah, man. Like if you have, if you're looking for something, if I'm looking for something sweet from you and you've got a candy bar or a turd, I'm probably going to, ask you about the candy bar before I ask you about the turd, right? Like, that's the same case in Zach Levine. Every team in the NBA would love to add Zach Levine to their roster. They're not going to ask you about guys like 
Chandler Hutchison or Cristiano Felicio, like they're not going to ask you about those players. So dumping them in a deal doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I'm with you too. I think also the important thing for me about this trade and about any trade that involves Zach Levine is it's with the caveat of they're going to replace Zach Levine with equal or higher talent, whether it be in free agency or a trade that comes after that one. But that would have to be the caveat in dealing Levine too, is like the Bulls number one priority after that is going and landing a star and doing it quickly because nothing more would piss Bulls fans off than trading away your best asset and then kind of running mill and for the next year, year and a half, kind of waiting around and not having an answer about, well, who's your next star on this team? I think that's what it's got to come with when dealing with Levine. And I don't think Bulls fans would be as angry. But again, I think the fan base is still split on Zach Levine. Um, it's funny, though, to see some people now uh, standing for Zach Levine that didn't want anything to do with him just a couple of years ago. So, uh, yeah, I think you and I are both competent in saying that you have to get a boatload for Levine back and there's got to be other moves in place before you actually deal your best asset. Yeah. And it, and it's about, you know, do you want to deal your best asset to collect uh, multiple pieces that you believe uh, makes that up? Or do you want to go after one big piece and give up several assets to get that one big piece? Um, And like that one to me, like our three-way team trade that we put up on Twitter over the weekend, um, the other one that I thought, the one that was most interesting in in all of the hypotheticals that Rob Schaefer took from Bulls fans on Twitter, um, and I, I want your thoughts on this one too, I think it's the most interesting and also somewhat feasible. Uh, and it's three-team trade, Bulls, Kings, and Sixers. The Sixers get Lowry, Buddy Heald, Sato, the Bulls' number four pick, and a 2021 second-round pick. The Kings get Zach and Al Horford. The Bulls get Simmons and the number tw- uh, 12 pick in 2020. So everybody gets something here, right? The Sixers get... Buddy Heald, uh, you know, a, a quality player who's unhappy in Sacramento. Lowry Markkinen, a guy who maybe you can fix and still has a high ceiling, a number four pick, uh, and, and a competent, you know, bench playmaker in, in Sato. The Kings get Zach Levine, who they wanted a couple of years ago. And yeah, Al Horford's contract isn't great, but he's a quality veteran who bolsters your front court. Uh, that's also kind of something the Sixers get in this trade. And the Bulls get the best piece of the trade which is Ben Simmons, and they also get a 12 pick, so they're trading down from 4 to 12. Again, I chose this one because it's the most interesting as a three-team trade that's also still somewhat feasible. The Sixers still may say no. The Sixers may still say that Lowry, Buddy Heald, a number four pick and you know throwing in Sato is not enough for Ben Simmons, but maybe the sweetener of getting off of Al Horford's contract is Again, this is just an example of every team's not going to be completely thrilled with what they're getting versus what they're giving up. But this one, to me, would be one of those, the Bulls going out, giving up several assets to get the best piece of the trade. Because the Bulls are giving up number four, they're giving up Zach, and they're giving up Lowry. But you're getting Ben Simmons. That's what it takes. I think that's a fair trade, too. Where I'm getting hung up, though, and where I got hung up when I read this trade was the Kings taking Al Horford. And giving up the amount of money that they're, or having to take on the amount of money that they would, three seasons of twenty seven and twenty seven million. I mean, they've already got a bunch of big men too. Like 
for a dude that's probably going to come off the bench, right? Like you're not going to start him over Bagley. You're probably not going to start him over uh, who else? Do they have Harry Giles there too. I mean, I guess you could in an ideal world you could play Bagley and and Horford together, but I don't know. That's a lot to give up to take on Levine and Horford at the same time. For the Bulls, the Bulls I feel like are giving up a lot here too. I get you're getting Ben Simmons. You owe Ben Simmons over the next four years over a hundred million dollars. Uh, 29 million, 31, 33, and 35.9 in his final year. So that's basically setting your franchise, basically saying your franchise is going to be built now around Ben Simmons. And it makes sense. Like, if you're worried about his shooting, if you're worried about that possibility, and where does he play, how does he fit into the Bulls system, you're banking on the fact that Kobe White and some of the other guys surrounded around him become better offensive pieces and are the shooters that you need. You don't need Ben Simmons necessarily to do that. Um, right. I'm kind of but lukewarm on this keep, deal. Yeah, yeah, you're giving up Zach and Lowry, but you're keeping Kobe and Wendell. So you're looking at a new core of Ben Simmons, an established star, Wendell, and Kobe. Like, that's not bad. No, that's not bad. And it still leaves you open in the summer of 2021 with what about like roughly uh, roughly $45 million of cap space? I mean, that's a decent amount. You can go out and sign another max free agent. So that's I'm lukewarm on the deal because I feel like the Bulls are giving a lot up a lot. And the Al Horford piece just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the Kings. Um, That's an interesting deal, though. I was trying to figure out another deal with Philly, too, that would net the Bulls Josh Richardson. I think he would fit the Bulls system awesome. But I don't know what you send back that would make sense for Philly. Philly's trying to dump like you were talking about the Horford deal or the Harris deal. And it's just tough. It's just tough. I don't know what anybody's taking on to take those absurd contracts. So I think Philly's kind of stuck with those guys. They, they I think, can dump Horford before Harris, but I think they're kind of stuck unless, like you were saying, they deal Simmons or Embiid. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right about that. Um, th- there, were, there was one other one that I thought was interesting, Jordan, that I wanted to do your thoughts on. Uh, and there were, I think there were a couple different ones as far as the pieces go, but it involved... Bradley Beal and the Bulls getting Bradley Beal from the Wizards. Um, Most again, or most likely again, that means probably giving up Zach Levine uh, in addition to maybe a pick swap or, um, you know, another piece of this Bulls roster. Do you think that Beal over Levine is that uh, significant of an upgrade where you would be willing to explore that kind of a trade where you're giving up Zach and maybe some other piece? to get a guy who averaged 30 and six this season. I think it's kind of a, you're upgrading a little bit. I think you get the more established star in Beal, but it feels like a, a horizontal move more than a vertical move, which you're trying to make. Like if we're going to trade for Bradley Beal, I want Bradley Beal and Zach Levine on this team. Like that's your, that's your go-to and then I'm ready to go. But I don't see the Wizards trading Beal. Beal is their franchise. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense right. to deal him. And I don't think they're ready to give up on Beal and Wall yet. Like, they still got three years to run those guys left. And I, I, Beal said he wanted to stay in Washington for life. We've heard that from a million players, and they still get dealt. But still, like it, it just feels like a, a horizontal move more than a, a vertical move. Yeah. And I, didn't we see something very recently where Bradley Beal... Uh, was quoted or, or, you know, did some interview with somebody who, and he doubled down saying that he wanted to stay in Washington. Yes. I can't remember exactly where it came from, but I do remember seeing it on Twitter late last week. 
Uh, so yeah, that one, like I would love Bradley Beal in a Bulls uniform, but the realistic possibility of that happening, I don't think is too high. Matt, here's one other one before we get out of here and we'll probably piss Bulls fans off this week and we'll be getting a lot of tweets, a lot of texts, voicemails about this. Uh, since we were talking Zach Levine, let's talk Lowry Markkinen. Let's see. What, let's talk about his value and where he would go. I was going back and forth about a deal that would possibly net the Bulls Aaron Gordon. I think there is a serious discussion if the Orlando Magic are willing to have it about dealing Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon was shopped pre-trade deadline of this year. Before everything shut down, before Jonathan Isaac's injury, they were seriously trying to deal him. So they didn't end up dealing him at the trade deadline, but I think those conversations can come back up. What do you think about buying low on a guy like Aaron Gordon, who's got two years left on his deal, almost on the exact same deal Zach Levine is on, and when you're dealing for Gordon, you're not having to give up Levine. You would be adding him to Levine to Kobe White on this team. I had a deal where it would be like Aaron Gordon for Lowry Markinen and Thaddeus Young or Aaron Gordon. But Aaron Gordon and Lowry Markinen would be the two main pieces of that deal. And I don't think you have to give up a whole ton for Aaron Gordon. I think the magic would be selling low on him. It's uh, I mean, it's interesting to talk about them selling low on him and what that might mean as far as the Bulls not needing to give up too much to get him. I'm just the one that you named just now, which is Lowry and Thad. I I don't think that Orlando makes that trade, even if they're trying to quote unquote sell low. I mean, Gordon is clearly a more valuable player than either of those pieces at this point, And I think is more valuable than the sum of those pieces in Lowry and Thad at this point. Um, you know, are, are they so desperate to move on from Aaron Gordon and try to, you know, shake the, like Orlando is, you know, seemingly directionless right now. Um, you know, they don't, they get kind of like the bulls in a way, like they have like a quasi star, but not a real star. None of their, you know, surrounding pieces around that quasi star seem to mesh all that well. And they're just kind of, you know, floating in, in the open ocean right now. So I understand if maybe, they're trying to make some kind of big shift and that involves moving on from Gordon, but they're not going to give him away for peanuts. And right now I hate to say it. I think Lowry and Thad is collectively peanuts. I don't want to destroy my argument by telling you all the reasons why I think Aaron Gordon would be being sold, would get sold at a lower, lower cost than usual. It probably hurts this argument that Jonathan Isaac had a season ending injury in the bubble. Like he did. I think that slows the conversation with the Magic about possibly dealing Gordon. In a realistic world where they were trying to shop him at the deadline, they had Jonathan Isaac to replace him immediately, and they would get more time to be able to develop him. So that made sense. But now with Isaac, with the injury, and still being a team that wants to, feels like it's on the upswing as, as opposed to the downswing, you're probably right. Maybe then it is Gordon and a, a protected future first round pick that you would be dealing a, a deal in which they would be dealing for Gordon and you would be swapping four and 15 doesn't make any sense. I would not do that at all. Um, but yeah, other than that, like they got Terrence Ross, but Terrence Ross on this Bulls team would make some sense, but he's tied to three more years at about 13 million. So, yeah, maybe you're right, but he's an, he's another one that I think is going to be floated out there in rumors. just depends on what Orlando wants to sell him for. And maybe with Jonathan Isaac's injury, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, that's a piece that's uh, not quite as enticing as it was uh, prior to that injury. Because, I, I mean, I, I still thought that, and maybe still do think, that, that Isaac has a really high NBA ceiling. But, but now, 
you know, it goes back to what you were saying before, like the, you know, the Chicago ACLs, like you worry about adding those kinds of pieces. Yeah. Isaac would be off the table. Like if you picked up the phone and that was what they were willing to deal and not Aaron Gordon, I'd be like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I don't want to have to rehab a guy. And like the bulls are in a position where they need to be adding plus players, not guys that they need to, to work on. They've got plenty of projects already on this team to work through. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's one trade that I thought about with marketing. Marketing could be in a couple of others. Philly kind of makes sense too. I think there's a deal or a conversation at least to be had about Philly. Um, maybe Sacramento. We talked with Matt George of the Locked On Kings last week, and they said the only piece on this team that they'd be truly interested in would be Lowry Markkinen. So that's another team we could keep our eye on. Um, maybe even OKC if you're having conversations about Chris Paul. And those we can talk about over the next several weeks. But those are a couple of teams that I could see marketing being of intrigue with. And maybe even maybe even a team like Denver who might lose Jeremy Grant and need to fill a hole there. And potentially could be losing Paul Millsap as well. So there could be a pot- potential trade partner for marketing as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting one. I didn't really think about that. And um, what were we just talking last week uh, with some, some of our texters were interested in whether or not the Bulls could pitch Jeremy Grant. Um, so, man, I, dude, I, I don't, maybe it's just because I really enjoyed watching that Denver Nuggets playoff run, but I'm, I'm like obsessed with the idea of the Bulls getting Jeremy Grant right now. I don't know why. It's probably that. I've had some bubble feelings about guys too. Like uh, Jay Crowder is a guy I think I, the Bulls should target. He's probably going to go to a contending team. You'd have to overpay him to land him here in Chicago, but like that's a dude that makes a whole shitload of sense for the Bulls. Dude that can but knock why down... why do I th- feel like if the Bulls got Jay Crowder, he would immediately forget uh, how to shoot Oh, uh, yeah. Ugh. And then you get like... <laughs> yeah, you get like Cleveland Jay Crowder or one of those short stint Jay Crowder made on several different teams that just didn't work out. Yeah. He was really good with that Heat and maybe it, that Heat team, but maybe it's again goes back to the system that he was playing in. Joe Harris is another name we could talk about over the next couple of weeks. I think he's going to get a payday though, Matt, and I think he might be out of the Bulls' price range. And again, like the Bulls, talking about signing free agents this offseason, the Bulls are have to make a move then. They don't have much space to play with other than I think a $9 million uh, exception that they have to, to dole out, but... If Jay Crowder's going to sign to an exception type deal, he's going to somebody that's going to contend for the finals next year, not not Chicago. Yeah, I think that's what it would have to take to to get him away. And honestly, he might see staying in Miami as the best option to compete for a title. Like they were right there. Um, I I don't think, and and it's not just my you know my stance on the Jimmy trade that has a lot of Bulls fans pissed off. Uh, that's not the reason I'm saying this. I don't think Miami will be back in the finals next year. That is just my educated guess based on what's going on in the East right now uh, and, and this weird bubble experiment that we just watched. But even still, if you're Jake Crowder, it would be hard to, to to say no to that opportunity to run it back, especially knowing you know the, the deep-rooted connection that he has with his Marquette buddy, Jimmy Butler, uh, who looks like he wants to be in Miami for the next several seasons. So... Um, I think you're right. To pry Jay away from Miami right now would take jumping to a, another team that's in title contention um, while also maybe getting a pay bump of some kind, and the Bulls offer neither of those. I also saw I also saw a really terrible deal for Kelly Oubre where it was like netting the Suns the fourth pick, Lowry Markkinen, and another piece, and it was from a I think it was from Bleacher Report, maybe maybe a different outlet, one of those, but it was sent to us over the weekend, and I was like. 
why the hell would the Bulls do that? For one year of Kelly Oubre? Like, no thanks. I'm not dealing down and also giving you one of our core pieces. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I think a lot of people around the NBA that are coming up with trade scenarios for the Bulls too, and it goes back to our conversation at the beginning of the episode, is a lot of undervaluing of what assets the Bulls have right now, and I don't appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me neither. <laughs> so, uh, send us your trades. 331-979-1369. If you guys got hypotheticals, you want to tweak the deals that we've talked about already previously, if there's ones that you've come up with that you think make a lot of sense, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be for guys like Levine Carter or uh, Markinen. It, it could be for secondary pieces on this team that make more sense in a situation where where the Bulls, for the most part, stand packed. Guys like Thomas Sadoransky and uh, Thaddeus Young. Both of those guys make sense in possible deals this offseason. So send this to us at 331-979-1369. We're on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked on Bulls. Thanks to our sponsors in Roman and in Built Bar for sponsoring today's episode. For Matt Peck, I'm Jordan Malley, Bulls Nation. Have a wonderful day. Be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. And here come the Nets with Levert over the midcourt line. A cut to the brown. And the Wabu (laughs) Cabro threw it away. He goes out of bounds. That's also going to be a charge. He had a no-look pass. (laughs) I would love to to show everyone. That was horrendous. Yes, it was. It was nowhere near anyone. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com.